This is EV Quest's EV News Shorts, highlighting recent EV news headlines from Australia, New Zealand, and the rest of the world. G'day, I'm Adrian Maven, and this episode I'll be talking with, I guess we'd say, our Australian correspondent, Riz Actor from Car Loop in Australia. Hello, Riz. Hey Adrian, good to be back on. Um, and yeah, as as the year progresses, there's more EV things to chat about. Is there much? I mean, it's probably a little bit quiet. Still, start of the year, but is there any sort of big stories happening in Australia? We have a new brand uh, launching in the Australian market, a new electric vehicle brand called Zika. That's owned by Geely Holdings, who also own Volvo and Polestar, which many of the listeners may be familiar with. Yeah, I've, I've seen a bit about it. It seems to be um, quite highly regarded by people who have in the know or talking about them. Yeah, so last year they expanded into many, many parts of Europe. Um, so expanding out of China, uh, they sort of make premium electric cars, sort of what Polestar is like as well. So yeah, it would be quite exciting to see uh, their products, you know, heading to southern hemisphere so hopefully australia first and new zealand to follow you've got the zero zero nine which is like a people mover because i think that's the first one the model they're looking at bringing in yeah and then they have the zika zero zero one which is like a sleek suv and then zika x which is another suv so I'll just bring out that cliche line they're there to challenge tesla for the tesla market like everyone else sort of says whenever they watch <laughs> Well, every every brand is any brand we can think of is there to challenge the Tesla killer, is yes. what it is. Yes, is it a Tesla killer? Standard headline. Not a lot of news out of Australia as such, but I hear across the ditch in New Zealand, you know, something that's quite close to a Victorian here in Melbourne. Uh, road user charge is coming. Yeah, we've got the rucks coming in. <laughs> Um, road user charges 1st of April on EVs and plugins. Um, so that should be interesting. People are getting their letters at the moment about it. Um, and I think that didn't the, didn't the Victorian people they just didn't they just get their money back? I think I read that. No, no, we're getting our letters back. So we're we're oh. getting letters too. Basically, the refund letters. And it's really interesting. I haven't received mine, but there's uh, Richard Laxton who you've had on the EV Quest podcast before, who did a trip around Australia. He received his um, recently. And uh, yeah, it's the letters are starting to go out for those people that have paid that equivalent to the road user charge, but more of a refund. But you have to claim it by going through some portal and a process. Um, so it's not like they're just giving you something, but you oh, yeah. have to apply to receive it again. And, and what was you... the charge? What was the charge? How much was the amount? Uh, from memory, it was around 2.8 cents a kilometer. So if you did 10,000 kilometers a year, you pay around 280 Australian dollars. And what, what's the road user charge or what's proposed in New Zealand? Yeah. $76 per thousand kilometers for an EV. Plug-in hybrid, $53 per thousand. So the EV rates is, is to match the equivalent diesel power vehicle. I guess they, you know, roads need to be maintained, but at least in the instance of New Zealand, it seems a lot more fairer because it's the same sort of organization, the transport department, they'll be collecting it and potentially using it to maintain roads and 
build infrastructure and the rest, whereas the Victorian one was being collected by the state government, who wasn't really... They don't collect any revenue off, you know, petrol or diesel vehicles because all of the fuel revenue goes to the federal government in Canberra. So that's why it was a bit unfair. But I think EV drivers in general are agree with the principle that all um, all vehicles need to be charged fairly. For many Tesla drivers, Tesla has um, in some of their recent software updates, and it might be coming because of the US uh, Highway Safety Department saying you have to prompt drivers more about autopilot. Um, so there's a lot more nagging coming from the Tesla system as well now. Mm-hmm. Um, when you activate sort of your um, autopilot as such, it's not a bad thing. But But having said that, it's very... I think it uses the cabin camera to look at your eyes. So when you engage autopilot, if you're not paying attention to the road and let's say you're changing songs or doing something, it will actually beep and it will show you on the screen you've got to hold your steering wheel just as a prompt. So it's getting like that. But if it gets, let's say, too annoying and it doesn't achieve the safety sort of metrics that Tesla is looking for, then they may tone it down again. And they do that all the time. They release something, it's too aggressive or something's not right, and then they tone it back down eventually. So they'll be listening to driver's feedback as well. So Tesla owners in Australia and New Zealand are probably facing the same sort of thing as we're still, some of them are still on holidays and are doing long distance driving. So a lot more nags coming from all systems. Did you see that uh, BYD Sea Lion being launched in um, or potentially being launched very soon in China. It looks like a pretty sleek sort of a car. Mm. What size is is that a uh, Model Y sort of larger size than the BYD Atto 3? Tesla killer. <laughs> Tesla Model Y killer. Tesla Model Y killer. It's Looks looks pretty sleek. It's it's got a um, couple of different fully electric drivetrains, which is good to see. Speaking about BYD vehicles, what's happening with the CLU that's intended to be going to New Zealand in Yep, that's. I just read a few reports about that. That's um, on its way to New Zealand. BYD seal. <coughs> should I write the BYD CLU plug-in hybrid though? Plug-in hybrid SUV. Ooh. Um, priced above the Addo 3, so it's going to be sort of like a premium SUV. Priced around the seal, I read that they said it's priced, I was on stuff, they said priced around the price of the seal sedan, but it's a plug-in hybrid. What What does an average Kiwi drive um, a day, a week, or whatever? Do, do we have like rough stats? Like in Australia, it's sort of like somewhere around... 40 kilometers a day or something is what Yeah, well, they always say it's that sort of 30 to 40 or 20 to 40k range, don't they? It's sort of the standard. So do you think that something like a plug-in hybrid, vari- <laughs> it's mainly runs off the battery for day-to-day trips and then when you need it, there's an engine there? Depends who you ask, isn't it? I mean, they are pl- yeah. pl- 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 um, I mean, like you look at Toyota, their plug-ins are very popular. So I guess people are going to be on the battery most of the time but then you get the sort of the more hardcore ev people saying no get a full ev don't you 
And, and that's the key thing. I guess it depends. It comes back down to servicing. If the servicing costs as much as a petrol car, then it doesn't fully make sense when you can buy like a BYD at 03, which is one of the more popular cars in both Australia and New Zealand. And it is roughly the same price, if not a bit cheaper than the SEAL. So mm. if you were looking for an SUV, you know, you would ideally wanting to be avoiding those regular oil changes and whatever else that's normal petrol and diesel cars have with servicing. So I'm not sure how well the CLU in plug-in hybrid may do, but um, there is a demand for certain people and it could be a transition vehicle, mm. I guess, for some people. Because a lot of people are not ready to go full EV out now, so that, but they're keen on the, they'll put their feet in the water with a, plug-in so i think it'll probably go quite well but surprisingly there's a fully battery electric version that's going to left-hand drive markets like in europe mm. tough so... luck new zealand australia <laughs> tough luck tough luck exactly <laughs> um anything else sort of you've seen on your end internationally be the hertz story with them dumping the era we're cutting back on the um Tesla's. yeah that's that is quite interesting um because we've got you know a lot of elect electric rentals or rental companies went in electric cars quite quickly hertz you know pl i think you might remember and the audience might as well a couple of years ago placed an order for hundred thousand teslas and it helped tesla and hertz stock price go right up um, at that time, I think it was late 2021. Um, but since then, they've bought, they've got, you know, I think they received about half of their cars, and now they're starting to sell some of those cars that have higher mileage on them, um, purely because Tesla obviously keeps cutting prices as well on their vehicles, which means, you know, the rental business is all about depreciation, and they want to be able to get as much money as possible when they eventually sell their cars. So um, I guess if Tesla keeps cutting prices, they may not be able to sell those Model 3s or Model Ys at the, at the price they were expecting after two, three years. So they might as well offload them now and sort of readjust the amount of electric vehicles they have in the fleet. Doesn't mean they're getting out of the electric vehicle business. That's not what their CEO has said. Yeah, I mean that's not, well kind of ties on to the point I read about um, BYD. Ah, uh, not BYD. BMW was saying they'd reached a tipping point of going from the ICE sales to the EVs now, which was quite an interesting comment considering they've you know they've still been keeping the ICE, the petrol cars and diesel cars and EVs, and now saying they are moving towards the sort of the EV. And, and, and I dominant. think it was one of their financial like financial finance executives that said yeah. it. Which is a big call because BMWs, you know, they've they've trialing like hydrogen X5s and yeah. a lot of comments around potentially not knowing which way EVs are going. But now one of the senior leaders from the company is clearly saying their growth for their company will come from electric vehicle drivers, and that is in line with um, what Volvo's CEO has said in the last seven days. He's basically said that. Our customers are very happy to spend the money that they're spending and they want to go electric. So we are going to be 
going full steam ahead in transitioning to fully electric sort of models and getting them out as quickly as possible, including their upcoming EX30, which I believe is also heading to New Zealand. Yep, I'm looking forward to that. Actually, one last quick story. Kona okay. Electric um, received four-star four ANCAP rating. This, this is interesting because BYD Auto 3 is five stars. And, and, and the prices have been revealed in Australia and it's, the base model is more expensive than the extended range version of the BYD Auto 3 with, with less range. When, when they announced the BYD seal price here in October and both in Australia and New Zealand, people were quite surprised at the entry level seal price being quite affordable and very close to the Addo 3. This is sort of done the other way around. They were reluctant to release the price on the Kona Electric and when they have, it's, it's far more expensive than what was anticipated for a base model. And the top spec model is priced way higher than a Model Y. Not a Tesla Model Y killer. No, that is that one is definitely not. But we will be talking about many more Tesla Model Y and Model 3 killers in the coming months, Adrian. So we'll yes. keep an eye out. Okay, that's probably a good point to finish on. Thanks, Riz. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate it.